Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry once again bringing you the Word of God. It is always an honor, always a privilege to be able to do that. We're so grateful that you're connecting with us, uh, listening in, watching. Praise God, however it is you're connecting. We're just so grateful that you're with us. Praise God. Again, praise God, a midweek service. We're going to go back. Uh, to our key verse in this series. We're talking about, uh, you know, these hidden mysteries, hidden things revealed uh, in the kingdom, praise God. And so back to Matthew 13, please. Matthew 13. And again, let's read verse 44. And it says this, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, praise God, which a man found and hid and for, the joy, for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has, and he buys that field. Again, one more time, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it, praise God. Now, of course, we've been talking about these hidden things, these uh, you know, we've come at it from every direction, talking about hidden mysteries, hidden things, hidden principles, praise God. Last week we talked about impartation and, uh, you know, that, those unseen things that are uh, being revealed to you, praise God, by God. And as we've brought out every week, praise God, that everything that, that's hidden, you know, these hidden things are not hidden from you. The scriptures make it real clear they're hidden for you but you got to take the time to go after it. So let's define a few of these words again like we've done every week. The word hidden itself, okay, in verse 44 there, means concealed by covering, which is so key because everything's been concealed. It's been, in a sense, covered, but the word revealed, okay, which is a key word we've talked about all through this series, means to uncover. So even though something right now is hidden or concealed or covered over, amen, when we get in a place of revelation, that revelation or that being revealed means to uncover what's been covered, praise God, to bring it into plain view or to bring it into sight, praise God, amen. So it means concealed by covering, it means something that's something kept secret or reserved or yet to be declared, praise God. And so definitely all the things we've talked about over the last several weeks, uh, we're talking about these things that are being reserved for you or kept secret uh, for you or hidden for you, praise God, or something yet to be declared, amen, hallelujah. Uh, another word in here, the word found, okay, which is kind of a key word uh, because this word found means to find, get, or obtain, but it refers to energies being, uh, being extended to grab it. In other words, maybe in this first text, there's somebody that's digging, finding something, amen. So they're extending some energies, going after it. And you also see uh, the word here uh, down, down, as you get a little bit further down here, about seeking, okay? Something that was seeking, I think it's in verse 45 there, which also refers to the same thing. It's about somebody looking and seeking after, trying to grab something, perceive something. But again, it's referring to time spent, energies extended, okay? And that's so key with everything we've been talking about, all right? Then the word sell or buying, okay, which uh, the word sell means to be, to be busy, to trade or barter. To buy means uh, going unto the market, to purchase, to redeem things. Now, really, the reason we're talking all that is because it's all talking about uh, really about investing in something, okay, going after something, doing what it takes, amen, to grab hold of these unseen things. And then it says giving all uh, that, that he has. In fact, I think it was mentioned in both those little texts there, amen, and that refers to everything from possessions, abilities or resources, and also even refers to relations, 
things like connections, favor. So the point that's being made in all of this, and we've brought out every week, amen, that everything we're talking about is available for you. Amen. It's all hidden for you, not from you. But you've got to be willing to go after it. You've got to be willing to take the time to seek. And the word's real clear that when you seek, you will find, praise God. But you've got to be one that seeks for it. You've got to be one that digs for it. You've got to be one that's willing to give all you got to go after it, praise God. But you're never going to be disappointed, praise God. And that's what we've been finding out, that as you dive into this, you're never going to be disappointed with what you find, praise God. It's always going to be something that's going to better your life, take you higher, amen, cause you to come into who you are, praise God. And today is no different. We're going to talk about uh, this thing called hidden identity. There's an identity in here uh, that you have, praise God, that's being revealed in the scriptures, amen. So we're going to talk about these hidden truths in the word of God about who you are. Amen. Uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, get in here, you're definitely going to find out who God is. Uh, you're definitely going to find out who your enemy is. Amen. But one of the things that I find over the years is that a lot of people don't know who they are. Amen. They lose sight of who they are, or maybe they've just never, they've never found, they've never dug deep enough or sought enough to find who they are in Christ. Amen. And that's what we're going to focus on today. So with that said, I'm going to jump into the book of 2 Corinthians, please. 2 Corinthians. And chapter 5, hallelujah, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, praise the Lord. All right, let's see here. Now, this might be kind of our key today. Uh, uh, I think I'll read through some of this, talk about a little bit, uh, and then I'm going to come back to it later again. Uh, at least that's my intention. We'll see what happens here. Uh, let's go to like verse uh, 14, and it says, For the love of Christ compels us or presses us, okay, because of, of his love. I mean, he's talking about here his love, man, driving him, okay. Uh, he compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. Now, obviously, we're kind of jumping in the middle of a statement here a little bit, but the bottom line is this, Jesus paid a price for you, and he paid a price for all. Amen. And because of that price he paid for all, it's as if now, uh, you know, if it says that he died for all, it's as if everybody then died. Okay. So in other words, the bottom line is saying this, that the price he paid was for all and it's valid. All right. Here we go. And verse 15, and he died for all. In other words, it did. He did. He died for all. All right. Though, and that those, pardon me, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. In other words, because of what he did, amen, let's accept what he did. And not only that, let's begin to walk toward that, praise God. Let's begin to give honor where honor is due. Let's begin to love on God and go after God with all we have, praise God, and be all we're called to be because of what he's done for us, amen. He paid a price for all mankind. Now, one of the reasons for us reading this part of the text here is because he paid a price for all. So everything we're talking about today is something that's for you, about you, who you are in him, praise God. And the price was paid for this. Amen. It's not like, you know, uh, some of this we're going to talk about today is for a few people and not for everybody. It's for everybody, praise God. Amen. This is for because Jesus paid a price for all. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 16, therefore... From now on, we regard no one according to the flesh or after the human nature. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet we know him thus no longer. In other words, even though we've even known Christ according to the flesh, 
That's not how we look at him anymore. Amen. So he's saying that we're not to look at each other this way or look at ourselves after the flesh or after uh, just our human form or human nature. We're now to, it says here, regard uh, ourselves and regard others according to the Spirit is what we're going to find out, according to what he has to say, all right, which is real key. Kind of just toss that out there, but it's real key today, all right? Now, this word regard is very uh, interesting. It means to see, to look on, perceive, to know, consider, okay, just common words, but it also means to recognize, to distinguish, and here's that word, to identify. So he says we identify, amen, I love this. So we regard no one or we identify no one according to the flesh. It's not according uh, to the natural. It's not according to uh, human form per se. We identify according uh, to what's been said here. We're identifying according to what he has to say because of the price that he paid, amen. So as a result of it, we're going to receive that and not, not war against that, not argue with that, praise God. Okay. A lot said in just a few minutes there, all right? We regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet we know him thus no longer. Therefore, and that's why I had to read all that, because you get to the therefore, and every time you see a word therefore, you got to stop and see what it's there for, right? That's kind of what it's about. So therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that's you, that's me. If anyone is in Christ, the word says he's a new creation. So what we're talking about here is how we identify ourselves and how we identify each other. If you're in Christ, I identify you as a new creation in Christ. If I'm, if I'm in Christ, I identify myself as a new creation in Christ. Amen. I'm, I'm who he says I am. I'm not who uh, you know, my past says I am. I'm not who the world says I am. I am who he says I am. And if I don't believe, uh, you know, believe him, then I'm going to believe them. If I don't believe what he has to say about me, then I'm going to believe what everybody else has to say about me. And that's what's being said here. So it's talking about here, this being revealed to us, amen, that, that if you're in Christ, you're a new creation. And he goes on to say, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things, or these things, he's talking about these new things, these all new things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us a ministry of reconciliation, praise God, that is and he explains that ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing, I love this, or holding against them their trespasses uh, to them, but has committed to us the word of reconciliation. I'm going to come back to all this and kind of dissect this a little bit later, uh, but hang on to that. It says now, in other words, right now, and you notice every time you read the word now, it updates. Amen. Just, just thought, you'd hang on to that. Now then, we are ambassadors. Amen. We are representatives. Uh, we, you know, in a sense, diplomat uh, for Christ. Amen. Representatives, ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, for he made him who knew no sin to be made sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Again, a part of your identity. Really what's being said in this whole text is about regarding or identifying ourselves, amen, as he identifies us, amen. Identifying one another as he identifies us. We regard our, one another according uh, to what he has to say. Now, as I said before, 
everything we're talking about through this series is about finding these hidden things, all right? And, uh, of course, today we're definitely talking about what you're finding in the Word of God about yourself. Amen. We've kind of danced around this, this whole series, uh, but uh, today I'm just going to specifically talk about who we are in Christ. Amen. And what the Word has to say about it, about our, our own identity in Christ. And as I said earlier, you know, um, you know, when you get in this word, you definitely find out about who he is, who your God is, who your Savior is, the Spirit of God. You know, you get to find out uh, about the, uh, the Godhead and all, uh, you know, that rep is represented, uh, you know, what, who he is in, in the word, that is. And uh, we find out who your enemy is. There's no doubt about it. But, man, we need to find out who we are. We need to not lose sight of who we are. But you're going to have to dig for it. You're going to have to spend a little time, you know, seeking uh, the Word or in the Word and seeking Him about, about who you are in Christ. Uh, you know, and if you don't find that out, it becomes, becomes a problem, all right? In fact, let me, uh, let's do this. Let's go to Genesis 3. Go back to Genesis. A lot of times you find uh, things, uh, you know, if you can find something, you know, coming out of Genesis, it, it kind of brings some clarity all the way through because of just a... Uh, you know, just because it's mentioned in, in Genesis, there's so much mentioned in Genesis, a lot of times it gets overlooked. Uh, but when you begin to find out some new covenant things, you start going back to Genesis and find out uh, how God designed everything, how he made it to work, you know. And uh, so I just uh, always think it's just, if you can find something out of the beginning of Genesis, you, it's going to help uh, uh, set the stage in what you got here. And I want to say this in chapter 3, 1. Okay, so let's, let's read this story a little bit. It says, now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, more crafty. That word cunning means, uh, uh, and it means in a bad sense, okay, not a good sense. Tricky, devious, uh, deceptive, okay, and of course, uh, here he is cunning, uh, more than any beast in the field. And it said, which the Lord God had made, and he, him, and he said to the woman now, talking to the woman, okay, to Eve here, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of, uh, eat of every tree of the garden? Okay, so he's, he's trying to find out something. You know, when the enemy's asking you questions, it's not because he's curious. You have to understand, if the enemy's asking you questions, he's looking for a, a way in. He's looking for a deceptive way, a, a, tr a place of trickery. As it says here, he's cunning. He's looking for an in-row, okay? All right, and that's what he's doing right now. So he's, he's trying to find out what this girl knows, okay? And uh, you just have to understand that this is exactly what he does to everybody. Okay, what he's doing to Eve right now is what he tries, the enemy that is, tries to do to everybody. Okay, okay. the woman said to the serpent, we may eat uh, the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat, of, or eat it, nor shall you touch it lest you die. Now, of course, that's, that's what was instructed in chapter 2 uh, to Adam. Of course, and Adam then probably... Uh, gives that to, or tells that or instructs uh, Eve with the same thing. You can eat of all the other trees except for this one, okay? And uh, really, to be honest, I mean, there's a lot more said here, uh, and I'll just kind of maybe toss this out. Um, you know, the word here says, or, or what she said in the word here, that you, you shall not eat of it, uh, nor shall you touch it, uh, lest you die. And really, in all honesty, um, that's not exactly what God said because the scriptures are pretty clear. They had to touch it because they had to tend to the trees. Amen. But they weren't to eat of it, okay, uh, lest you die, okay. And so probably I'm just, I'm just 
just kind of spitballing here a little bit, but I'm trying to bring out, see, probably what happened was uh, the instruction was given to Adam, and Adam probably then later turned and, and told Eve, that tree there you leave alone, don't even touch it, or we'll, or we'll die, okay? So the, my guess is that little part about don't touch it was probably came, coming from her husband and not necessarily, well, obviously it didn't come from God because they had to tend the tree. They just couldn't eat from the tree, all right? And I'm just, it just, it just needs to be said. The reason being is because the enemy is looking for that inroad. He's looking for that little thing that's off. He's looking for that thing that you don't know or, you know, that just want to find that little open doorway to get in. And that's what he's doing. He's weaseling his way in here, okay? So she says that. And then the serpent said, well, you know, you know that uh, you, will, uh, you will not surely die, for God knows that in the, in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So he took an opportunity then and so really what, you know, God really didn't mean it like that. God just, you know, he, he, you know. So what happened was then she took a look at that tree. Obviously, then it became a temptation. The word said it became pleasant to the eye. Now, all of a sudden, uh, she thought, okay, well, maybe I should, you know. Anyway, the point was the enemy found a way in through a deceptive maneuver here. He got her to partake of that tree. But I want to bring something out with this text, okay. He said this, the enemy said this to her in verse, uh, verse uh, let's see, it would be verse 5. Uh, For God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. In other words, God don't, he's trying to tell her that God don't want you to eat of it because you're going to be like him if you do. Well, she obviously didn't know she already was. See, that's the thing. And this is kind of what we're, we're, we're going to kind of come at uh, come at this today, is the enemy is always coming after your identity. He's always going to try to somehow find out what you know about who you are. Because if you don't know who you are, he can deceive you all day long. He can keep coming in there, slithering in there, and stealing all day long. Now, the thing was here, she didn't, she didn't have a revelation of the fact that who, she could have turned to that servant and said, shut up, devil. Get out of the garden. You have no business being here because she's, she has authority and dominion because according to chapter 1, she got that in God. And according to chapter 1, the word says they were made already after his likeness and after his image, okay? So here he is. The enemy's trying to convince her that you will, if you will eat of this, you'll be like God. She already was like God. She was already made after his image, already in his likeness, okay? But she didn't know that somehow she lost sight of who she was. And so the enemy, through a lack of our understanding of our identity and who we are. The enemy then sneaks in and steals. When you figure out who you are in Christ, amen, it's amazing how you can shut the enemy down on a lot of his lies and deceptions, all right? So we see here because of the fact she didn't know who she was, all right, the enemy had an inroad. All right, it's just, it's just something to think about. I want to show you the flip side of this, okay, in Matthew now, okay? So now we have, in a sense, the second Adam, okay, Jesus, right, comes on the scene. And let's do Matthew 3, please. And let me get to that, all right, Matthew 3. And I'm going to go to the, uh, you know, basically the, the last verse of that chapter. I mean, really what's going on in context is, 
Jesus comes to be water baptized uh, by John, John the Baptist. And of course, um, you know, it's necessary that he does this. And he got water baptized and all of a sudden, you know, he comes up out of the water and the heavens open up and, and, the, and the, the Lord says something. Obviously, must be audible, pretty audible, or at least enough that some around heard. It says in verse 17, And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Now you have to look at this. See, what it is, God, God spoke now. Let it be known that this man Jesus here that just got water baptized is the Son of God. God revealed him as his Son. Okay? Now just hang on to that, okay? We're talking about identity. Okay? Now, chapter 4, jump into that. We look at verse 1. It says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. You know it's going to happen because as soon as, soon as you find out anything about who you are, the enemy's coming after you, okay? Because the Word says he comes immediately to try to steal that Word which was sown in your heart. He's always coming after it. The Word says he comes for the Word's sake. He's always coming. Okay, so every time you find out a few things about yourself, the enemy's going to come try and see, did you get it? Did it really did it really uh, take root? Is it really, uh, you know, producing something in you? Or can I come in there and steal it? Or can I come in there and mess up your day because maybe you don't really have a revelation of it yet? So get a hold of that. So the enemy, uh, you know, uh, he gets, goes up there and says, For 40 days, verse 2, and nights, afterward he was hungry, and when, and when the tempter came to him, verse 3, he said, If, look at the first thing he did, If... You are the Son of God. If you are the Son, that's the first thing he addressed. The first temptation he brings after him here. If you are the Son of God. If you are, if you are the Son of God. Well, how, where did he get that? Well, obviously, you know, obviously he heard God said, This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. This is my beloved Son. Amen. So then, per, first thing the enemy does, eh, you know, if you are the Son of God. In other words, he's attacking his identity. He's coming after him and going to find out how much of this do you, you know, is it revealed to you? Because I'm looking for an in row here. So I want to know if this is real in you or not. If you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered and said, it is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Obviously, he comes at him with the word of God. Amen. Right. Come on. Then the devil took him up into the holy city and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son, there it is again, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, uh, he shall give his angels charge over you and in their hand uh, they shall uh, bear you up lest you dash your foot. Isn't it amazing even the devil quoting a word, you know? Now, of course, he kind of, you know, manipulates it a little bit and just, you know, and through, uh, you know, you know, just, he just, through, you know, deception, tries to, you know, weasel in certain ways and say it in a way that really is just off, you know. But here he is coming after Jesus with temptations. But he starts off talking about he's coming after his identity. If you're the son of God, then do this. And Jesus obviously didn't, didn't cave to it. If you are the son of God, do this. He didn't cave to it. Okay, verse 7 says, And Jesus said to him, It is written again, You shall not uh, tempt the Lord your God, which is right, right, come at him with the word. Again, the devil took him up on exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. 
And Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall uh, worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And then the devil, of course, left. Amen. Praise God. And behold, angels came and ministered to him, uh, to Jesus. Now, the third, third one there, you notice maybe he didn't say if you're the son of God, but he's still addressing his, his identity. Because he said, Listen, if you'll bow down to me, I'll give you all this. Well, he already has all that. It's all already available to him. All right? He doesn't have to bow down to the enemy to get any of it. All right? he's, already, he's the son of God. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So again, in a roundabout way, the enemy comes at it a little bit different angle, but he's addressing, coming after, do you know who you are? And I'm trying to show you today, child of God, the enemy is always trying to figure out if you know who you are or not. Because if you don't know who you are, I'm telling you, child of God, he's coming after you. All right, he'll, he'll slither in right there and take advantage of you. The scriptures are real clear. Uh, we've kind of talked about that, I think, a week or so ago uh, in this series. We talked about how ignorance can be a doorway for the enemy, okay? Uh, the scriptures are pretty clear, uh, you know, that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, it says in Hosea. And in Isaiah, it says, my people have gone into captivity because of a lack of knowledge. In other words, they don't know who they are. They don't know what they have. As a result of it, they're destroyed. Or as a result of it, they come into a place of captivity. And that's exactly right, because ignorance, in other words, not knowing the truth, okay, can be a, can be a problem. Ignorance becomes a doorway for the enemy. As revelation is a doorway for God. And through understanding things, through a revelation of things, uh, of the scriptures, of who you are and who your God is, who your enemy is and what you have in God and all these things that get revealed, a lot of these things are things we've talked about through this series. But anyway, it's about a revelation of getting things revealed to us, okay? And again, today is no different. We're talking about knowing who we are, knowing our true identity in God. And, and to find that, it takes time. It takes, it takes a seeking. It takes a, a digging, so to speak, to find out who God has made you to be. Praise God. Amen. Let's go back now to, uh, to 2 Corinthians, and this time chapter 3, please. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Praise the Lord. Hope you got an ear to hear today. Praise the Lord. I, I love this topic. I love talking about identity and... Um, I just, uh, to me, it's just, once you start seeing it in the scriptures, you can't help but, you know, grab hold of it everywhere you go. And, and so to me, it's just a powerful truth. So anyway, chapter 3 of 2 Corinthians. Now, in context, I'm not going to read all this, okay, but in context, in this chapter, it's given us kind of a, um, uh, maybe kind of a parallel of the Old Covenant, New Covenant uh, the ministry of Moses versus the ministry of Jesus, the ministry of, uh, it calls about the, the ministry of the letter or the law or the ministry of death, it calls it uh, at times. And even in the scriptures or in this text, it talks about it versus the letter of the Spirit, okay, the word of the Spirit. Okay, it talks about the ministry of condemnation versus the ministry of, of righteousness. Okay, the bottom line is talking about the old covenant, new covenant. Okay, so a lot being said in this text, okay, and I have to kind of, clarify that a little bit because of what we're going to read here. And in verse 18, so again, the last verse of the chapter, it says, but we all with an unveiled face, an unveiled face. Now, obviously in context, he's talking about a veil. Okay, we're with an un we're not veiled. Uh, if you remember, uh, you know, in this text, and also we remember, you get back into Exodus, you find out, you know, Moses had the veil on him. He comes down, the glory of God was so, uh, you know, so powerful, and they puts this veil on him. 
so we're seeing this veil. And the word says that the veil in the old covenant, literally says this, that in the old covenant there's a veil. Okay, in other words, that veil is there that even though it was a glorious thing, a wonderful thing, but you can't, you can only see so much. You can only, you can only uh, grasp so much. You can only uh, have so much revealed in that. Okay, but it says in Christ and referring to the new covenant, see what we have in the new covenant through Christ, it says that veil is taken away so that we can begin to see things a little clearer. Things are a little bit more revealed little bit more exposed. You can kind of see it for what it is. You have a clear understanding of who your God is, a cl- much clearer understanding of who your God is, a much clearer understanding of who your enemy is, and you get a much clearer understanding of who you are, praise God. And that's kind of what he's getting at here. He says, but we all with an unveiled face are beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. And he's talking about this word. He's talking about primarily the new covenant. Now, he's not telling you not to look at the old covenant. He just says that the new covenant reveals more, okay? The new covenant begins to show you more about who your God is, who you are, who your enemy is, okay? It reveals more. There's more, uh, there's more being seen, more being revealed. But he, you notice he called it a mirror, Okay, the mirror, amen, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. Now, this word, even though this, as you begin to look at this, you begin to, to, to see the glory, uh, that manifest presence of God, the glory of God, the, the goodness of God, the power of God, the, you know, the glory of the Lord is, is obviously seen. But you notice he called it a mirror. And I thought, wow, you know, a mirror is, reveals you, it re- when you look in a mirror, it's also showing your image, okay? It's showing who you are, and that's exactly what he's talking about here. That as you begin to read this and see this word, as you begin to put the new covenant primarily, now we could just say, you know, maybe uh, the B-I-B-L-E, put the word of God in front of you, and that's, that's all accurate, but we're, uh, you know, in context, he's talking primarily about the new covenant, okay? Put that in front of you, okay? Amen. In fact, I'm just going to say this, uh, you know, you should always, if you're going to read the Old Covenant, you read the Old Covenant in the light of the New Covenant, not the other way around. So every, the way you view God, the way you view your enemy, the way you view who you are, you have to see that all through the New Covenant. Amen. Now, there's a lot to be said in the Old Covenant, and I know I'm taking a little extra time on this. There's a lot to be said in the Old Covenant about your God, about your enemy, about who you are, but you always Always, child of God, hear me. I think I said always, and I mean always. Always read the old covenant in the light of the new covenant. All right? That's so key. Okay? And that's what he's bringing out here in this chapter 3 here. Okay? So he says, you are are beholding, you see, with an unveiled face, you're looking, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. And as you do that, it says, are being transformed then into that image. You're seeing all this here, but you're not only finding out about your God, you're finding about who you are. And you begin to be transformed into this image. Amen. The word transform means metamorphosis. In fact, I think the Greek word is like metamorphia or something like that. I'm sure I butchered that a little bit. But the bottom line is it means metamorphosis is where we get our word metamorphosis. 
like what a tadpole changes into a frog or a caterpillar into a butterfly. Okay, there's, it's one thing changing into something completely different, and that's a metamorphosis that takes place. So the word, see, as you begin to look at this and begin to behold in this mirror, you begin then to be metamorphosized. You begin to be changed, to be transformed into that image. All right, you begin to find out who you are. You begin to let God reveal things, uncover things, and show you who you are. Amen. Not only who he is, amen, but who you are, praise God. God wants you to know about him, but God also wants you to know who you are because the majority of the problems that we have in life usually is stemmed out of not knowing who you are as a child of God. You don't walk in dominion or authority like you should because you don't know who you are. You don't conquer or overcome like you should because you don't know who you are. And we can go on and on and on about all the areas that the enemy slithers in there and has an inroad into our life to ransack our lives uh, based on the fact that we don't know who we are. Because I'm telling you right now, if you know who you are, you back the enemy out every time. Because you understand you have dominion and authority over your enemy. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, if you know who you are, amen, I guarantee you, you will conquer. You will overcome. You will succeed. You will be triumphant. You will be victorious, praise God, if you know who you are, praise God. And as you behold, as in a mirror, amen, this word, as you begin to look at that, you begin to be transformed, metamorphosized, praise God, into the same image. And it literally says, from glory unto glory, which means it's, it's a process that begins to happen, that the more you look into this, the more it's revealed, the more you become it, the more you're changed into it, praise God. And it even says, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. In other words, it's a work of the Spirit. Amen. I'm telling you, this thing, it's a powerful, powerful thing. Amen. As you get into the Word of God, it begins to show you who you are, and it begins to change you. Amen. Hallelujah, by the Spirit of God, from glory to glory, that, that process that begins to happen, amen, that is, as, as you begin to have revealed to you who your God is and who you are, praise God, you're being changed, hallelujah, right into that image. What a glorious thing. Now you start, you know, thinking about everything that's being said here in 2 Corinthians, and you get back into chapter 5 again, hallelujah, back into chapter 5, and you get now, let's just maybe jump down to like verse 17. Let's relook at some of this text here. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. See, that's who you are. You're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. See, you're no longer identifying with your past. You're a new creation in Christ. You're no longer identifying with anything behind you. Amen. So you, you walk free from your past. See, you know, you, nobody back there or anybody out there uh, can, can talk, really, in all honesty, amen, they can't, uh, you know, they can't take away your identity. Now, they can say something and you might, you know, buy into it or you, because you don't know who you are, you yield to it. See, if you, if you will believe him, you won't, you won't believe them. If you will believe him, you won't yield to what they have to say or what your enemy has to say. I mean, there's a lot of people that identify you based on your past, based on mistakes, based on things that maybe, uh, maybe are no longer you, okay? But they, they identify you with that. In fact, the word identity, in fact, let me, let me give you that. I probably didn't give you that early on, but the word identity itself means distinguished, uh, that which is distinguished 
from similitude and diversity. In other words, things of resemblance versus things of difference or uniqueness, okay? Now, it's maybe a lot said right there, uh, but the bottom line is what it's referring to is the fact that, you know, when people look at you, they might, you know, stack you up with your past. But God says, I'm not stacking you up to your past. You, you no longer have a past. I'm now, I'm now putting you according to who I say you are through similitude. In other words, what I've made. In other words, who you are now as a child of God and even diversity, who you are individually as children of God. Okay, and that's so much right there said. In fact, that usually I'll put that into a whole sermon right by itself. But uh, that's going to make sense here in just a few minutes. The bottom line is, okay, God is trying to tell you who you are as a child of God. You're now a new creation. Nobody can, nobody can uh, uh, you know, tell you that you're, you're not. I mean, if God says you're a new creation, it doesn't matter what everybody else says. They can't talk you out of it if you know who you are. The enemy can't talk you out of it if you know who you are. But when you don't know who you are, the enemy can all day long hold your past against you, hold your mistakes against you. Oh, hallelujah. It's amazing how the enemy, he'll slither in there. And just because you don't know how to stand your ground because of who you are, if you don't know you're part of one of the king's kids, if you don't know, praise God, you're royalty, if you don't know you're part of the family of God, if you don't know you're of the kingdom of light, if you don't know that, if you're not aware of that, Amen. You might just say, well, I'm going to heaven one day and praise the Lord for that. But you have, a, you have a life to live here on planet Earth, child of God. Amen. And you better know who you are. Amen. Or the enemy will constantly ransack your life, will constantly come in and steal, kill, and destroy. And that's what the enemy wants to do. That's always his game. That's always his uh, motive. Are you hearing me? That's always his MO. I'm telling you, that's what the enemy wants to do. But if you know who you are, praise God. He has no inner. He can't. He can come at you all day long and try to slither in, and you ain't gonna let him because I'm telling you, every time he does, you you step on that snake. Praise God, so to speak. Amen. You you run him out. Praise God. Send him back out. Make him pack his bags and leave. Whatever. The point is this. Praise God. If you know who you are, no enemy, no devil, no demon from hell, no individual can talk you out of it. Praise God. And that's what it's about. Amen. You're a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Verse 18, again, I'm in chapter 5 still. It says, now all these things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and given us the ministry of reconciliation. Praise God. Amen. Now, what does that all mean? Well, uh, the bottom line is this, okay? You've been reconciled to him. In other words, there's been a, a way made unto him where you're, that fellowship between you and God is restored. Uh, you, have, uh, you, you always have access to God. And what he's trying to say is this. He made a way for you. Jesus paid a price for you to go to God, to come unto God, to receive this, amen, to you know, have things revealed, have things exposed to you where you can see it for wh- who it is. You can see you for who you are, praise God. I mean, I can go on and on and on with that. But the bottom line is it says here that you've been given a ministry of reconciliation, that not only are you been reconciled, but you now turn and you help reconcile others. Now, I'm trying to bring something out here, and that is this. It goes on to say then that you're an ambassador for him. All right, you're a new creation, amen, you're an ambassador, all right, that's, see, we're all that, every one of us, every child of God that has received Christ, has come into Christ, now listen, similitude, you're all a new creation in Christ, you're you're no longer held by your past, it doesn't matter who you are, 
Doesn't matter how bad your past is or what mistakes you made, you're not, in, according to him, you're not held by any of that, all right? Now, the quicker you get a revelation of that, the quicker you get free from that, all right? That's just the facts. You're, you're an ambassador. In other words, you're a representative of the kingdom of light, a representative of, the, uh, you know, uh, of, of, his, of his family, praise God. You're a part of his. You're a representative. Uh, you, know, you, you represent the kingdom of light, praise God. That's who you are, all right? That's all of us. All of us, okay? When you talk about similitude, that all of us have been made now in that image, all right? All right? Then it goes on to say you're the righteousness of God, all right? All of us are in right standing with God. All of us were made the righteousness of God. Why? Because of what Jesus did. Now, that's who you are. Amen. Now, the part where the diversity comes is in that part where he says that we all are called to reconcile others, to point others toward reconciliation. We have the ministry of reconciliation. Now, as far as that's concerned, I'm just kind of throwing this out here. All of us have diversity. Not everybody does it the same way. We're all got the same job, so to speak, but we all do it in a different way. And that's where the uniqueness comes, the difference comes within each and every child of God. Even though we all have a lot of similarities based on what, what, because of what Christ has done, we also have uniqueness. And you see places like this, and we don't have time to go to all this, but you got Romans 12, you got 1 Corinthians 12, you got Ephesians 4. These are places, praise God, that begin to reveal your uniqueness, reveal the fact that not every... Every member of the body is the same. Amen. Now, we're all part of the body of Christ. Amen. That's part of your identity. You're a child of God. Amen. The offspring of God. Born again, new, uh, new creation, uh, you know, new species of being, children of God. Hallelujah. That's who you are. Now, we all have uniqueness. Amen, and praise the Lord for that. That's probably a whole nother sermon. But the bottom line is this, okay, all right? This is who you are. You got calling on your life. You got, you got purpose. And part of the reason that I bring that out is because when you begin to find out who you are, you also find out your purpose. You know, God has thoughts about you, all right? The Word says in, in Jeremiah 29 that, you know, I know the thoughts that I think towards you says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. In other words, to give you purpose. If you will hook up to my thoughts about you, you'll have purpose. Amen. You'll have a future. Amen. So everything we're talking about, to me, it just, it all comes out of this thing about, uh, you know, having your identity revealed, finding out who you are. And part of that is finding his thoughts about you. So when we're talking about the word of God, you know, being revealed and you're putting that word in front of you and like a mirror, it begins to transform you. What's happening here, praise God, is you're grabbing God's thoughts. You're grabbing his thoughts about you. It's so key, child of God. I think about, you know, this, this text about a new creation, an ambassador uh, for Christ, amen, uh, a new creation, uh, yeah, I mean, pardon me, uh, 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 the righteousness of God in him, praise God. All of this is about identity, amen. You know, uh, real quick, if you, maybe we'll do that. Go to Ephesians, and let's go to like chapter 1, hallelujah, kind of jumping this maybe. Uh, real quick, let's, uh, verse 3, I just want to kind of show you uh, that as, as, you, as you dive in this word, what begins to open up. When you begin to understand about identity, you see it everywhere, okay? Uh, verse, uh, well, I'm going to go to like verse 3, I think. Maybe it's a good place to start. 
Uh, chapter 1, verse 3 of Ephesians, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has, here we go, blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Amen. That's all of us now. Here we go. Just as he, here we go, chose us in him, which says here, uh, you're not only blessed, you're chosen, okay, uh, before the foundation of the world that, he, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, okay, blameless, Okay, it's part of your identity. Verse 5, having predestined us, you're predestined, part of your identity, uh, to adoption as sons uh, by Jesus Christ. You've been adopted into his family. Amen. According to the good pleasure of his will. I mean, we can go on and on. It goes down to the praise of him, verse 6, of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. You've been accepted. See, this is all part of your identity. Amen. And verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the... I mean, we go on and on. I mean, you're forgiven. I mean, we look at all the... Just, just in those few verses there begins to tell you who you are. You're chosen. Hallelujah. You're, you're blameless. You're predestined. You're, you're accepted. You're redeemed. Hallelujah. You're forgiven. These are all part of your identity. Child of God, when you begin to open this word, it begins to reveal, amen, who you are. Not just who your God is, but who you are are as a child of God. Oh, this is so key. This is so key. But see, the enemy comes after you. And, he, and if you don't know who you are, all these things, think about just this little bit that we read here in Ephesians even. Okay, if you don't know you're forgiven, the enemy will hold your past against you all day long. If you don't know you're accepted, he'll mess with your head all the time. Okay, you'll constantly be thinking you've got to somehow get God to love you more, get God to accept you more. God isn't going to love you anymore than he does right now. God, uh, you know, has, you don't have to be any more accepted than you are right now. But see, if you don't know that, the enemy will torment you night and day. And you'll be trying to earn your way into the things of God or earn your way into God's love when you don't need to. You just accept and receive who you are, child of God, and that'll shut that enemy down. I think about all the different texts, and I, again, I just don't have time to go to all this, but, you know, back in 2 Corinthians, it talks about you're the triumphant. You're triumphant in Him. He'll lead you in all triumph, which means you're triumphant, not defeated. You're never defeated. You're being led in triumph. Amen. The Word says in 1 Corinthians that you're the victor. Hallelujah. You've got, you have victory in Him. That means you're not a victim. Okay, you're the victor, not victim. Okay, but if you don't know that, you, you somehow, you know, the enemy somehow slithers in there, convinces you you're a victim. You're never a victim in God. And even though you've been through things and had things happen, and you've, you maybe even have the enemy that maybe somehow, you know, beats you up a little bit in certain areas of your life. Listen, you're never a victim, not in God. You have the victory in God. You're the victor. You're triumphant, praise God. Hallelujah. The scriptures are clear in Romans, praise God, that you're the conqueror. You're more than a conqueror, it says. That means you're, praise God, you're not just some one that copes with life. You conquer in life, praise God. First John brings out the fact that you're an overcomer, not an, under, uh, not an underachiever. You're an overcomer, praise God. You're not a doubt and outer. Hallelujah, you're a conqueror. You're an overcomer. Amen. You're the head, not the tail, Deuteronomy says. You're above only and not beneath, praise God. So I'm just trying to tell you these are all things that begin to tell you who you are as a child of God. But child of God, 
as I said in the beginning, and I'll say it as I close here, praise God, if you're not willing to dive into this, if you're not willing to take the time with this, if you're not willing to open this and seek, if you're not willing to take the time to meditate on this and read this and begin to grab what he says about you, grab his thoughts, I'm telling you, child of God, the enemy will whip on you every single day, will torment you, will win in every little battle just because you don't know who you are. So I'm telling you, child of God, it's worth it to dig for the hidden treasure in this word about who you are. Finding out your true identity in him, praise God. And I'm telling you, praise God, you are an overcomer. You are a conqueror. Hallelujah. You are victorious. You are forgiven. You are redeemed. Hallelujah. That's who you are. You are a new creation, the righteousness of God, an ambassador for Christ. Praise God. You are forgiven. Praise God. You're released from your past. Hallelujah. That's who you are, child of God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. I hope you got something today. I'm so glad that you uh, hooked up with us today. Praise God. Father, I give you praise and glory once again for your word. Thank you for these principles. Thank you, Lord God, that this is a people of God who know who they are in Christ. Praise God. Hallelujah. Knowing their true identity. And Father, I give you praise, give you glory, glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Child of God, I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO victory or go to Jerry Roberts ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.